Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hey, Cracked fans, a quick note before we start today's podcast. If you can't tell already, the audio quality a little bit lower than usual. We do apologize for that. Unfortunately, just a little bit of technical difficulties on my microphone's part. Typical, Alex, you know, when, when I'm without super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, I'm really lost technology-wise. My hairline belies the fact that I do have the skills of someone that's a baby boomer with technology. With that in mind, today's podcast, too much fun content-wise. We didn't want you guys to miss out. The audio is still workable, not up, to, again, to our usual quality, but we figured it's good enough to still play. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. We will obviously try to get this worked out as soon as possible. But with that, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, September 20th. Very special episode, our second time doing this. As we mentioned last week, we were thrilled to add WTA professional Vicki Duval to our team. She's going to be joining me at least once a week on these Mini Break podcasts until, you know, she outgrows me and is ready to steer her own ship. But for now, <laughs> I am thrilled to welcome her back to the podcast victoria welcome back to the mini break yay so glad to be back (laughs) and um you know obviously thrilled to have you i'm surprised you're willing to put up with me for another week but i'll take it um i'm honestly kind of shocked that we've lasted this long already when it's been a week (laughs) (laughs) no lovers quarrels either we've gotten off to a pretty solid start i'm a flying start (laughs) no i mean rothman and i now beef every other day so i appreciate having one partner i don't beef with but you may be a little sick of me i've noticed because you being the wonderful co-host that you are set up the perfect guest to join us today and that is why we are so thrilled to also be joined by former world junior number one the former wta singles a career high of number 35 back in august of 2017 and i'll say it a woman with more aluminum in her wrist than wolverine cc bellis welcome to the mini break podcast oh my gosh hi thanks for having me on yeah a huge thrill to have you here um i mean be honest did vicky nag you too much like do we appreciate are you here under protest no absolutely not absolutely not she asked me and i i jumped on it right away i mean she's honestly the perfect first guest isn't she we couldn't have asked for a better first guest i mean it helps that we're like best friends too Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I feel like I'm going to get to sit back here and just enjoy the show. If the first, you know, three minutes pre-recording or any preview, expect some shrieks, listeners. We apologize. You know, you might, might want to listen to it like one third the volume of usual. But you know, CC, obviously, we'll we'll start. Uh, no disrespect, but just having you here, uh, I think everyone's wondering how are you feeling. I'm good. I uh, I'm improving every day. I've had obviously a really rough year and uh you know been through a lot for surgeries and um like you said I had a lot of metal in my arm for a while um that's out now though thank goodness uh but yeah no I'm I'm feeling good now and I'm I'm slowly getting back to uh 
We'll play tournament soon. Cece, you've had so many great moments in your career. I literally remember watching you when you were like 16, 17, even when you were 15, when you had your win at the U.S. Open against Sibylkova. Obviously, you've been through a lot since that point. Can you tell us a bit about what you've been through kind of since your last match on tour in 2018? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to let you know that I remember watching you play and win against Sam Stoser at the U.S. Open. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I promise you this podcast is going to be just me and Vicky, like, catching up the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but, yeah, no, I, uh, so I played um, Doha and Dubai last year and then played Indian Wells. And uh, during the tournament in Indian Wells, my – my wrist started hurting really bad and uh, the tournament before in Dubai, I actually started feeling my wrist and uh, I felt on, on a serve, I felt my elbow crack in Dubai as well. Um, so I knew that wasn't good and everything swelled up on the flight back there, back from there. And then um, in Indian Wells, I was, I was in a lot of pain and then I tried to play Miami and I, I finished my match, but it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't my best and I wasn't feeling good. And so I, I got an MRI at that point and um the doctor said that I had a stress reaction to my wrist. So I had to take, you know, the time off for that. I think it was like four weeks at that point. And so that was probably, I think we're in like probably April or maybe March um, of last year at this point. And then, uh, so I took the time off and I rehabbed and I practiced and then I ended up going to Rome um, right before the French open on the red clay. And I, I got over there. And the um, the flight over my wrist will, uh, swelled up so much again. And so I knew wow. that wasn't really a good sign. Um, so yeah, I got there and I ended up having to pull out and fly home. And I got a uh, another, you know, another opinion at um, Stanford near my house from uh, a doctor there. And he, he told me nothing was wrong with my wrist or my elbow. And he just, um, you know, his solution was just to give me a cortisone shot in my elbow and my wrist. And, you know, just I'd be playing in four days. Everything was fine. And, uh, you know, I was I was really surprised at that because I was in a lot of pain at that point. And uh, so he but he was for sure that I should have gotten it in my elbow. Like he thought, you know, 100 percent. So I was like, oh, my gosh, OK, I ended up getting it in my elbow. And then he um, uh, took another MRI on my wrist. And then he told me that there was zero wrong with my wrist, just swelling. And so he wanted to do a quarter done on that. And at that point, I was like, no, <laughs> I don't uh, think this is right. Yeah. And uh so then I um I got a third opinion from uh probably one of the best wrist doctors in the world, the Mayo Clinic, and he was like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know how these people missed all this. You have three tears in your wrist. Your bone wow. is way too long, and it's um like hitting your other bone in your wrist, so you have a lot of like impaction and just not a lot of good stuff going on. And uh, your elbow, you have two bone spurs, and one of them's fractured, and you just got a lot going on. Wow. And, uh, so I get um my I have to get surgery on my wrist to repair the tears and he um you know the surgery was successful and he ended up not doing anything for my bone being too long because he when he went in there he didn't think it was gonna be a problem but when I when I got playing it it happened to be a problem again so I had to get another another surgery to actually um it broke my bone in the middle of my forearm and then shortened it and put a plate in. And then um, I had to get my elbow surgery. The, the bone spurs removed as well during that time. And uh, so at that point, you know, you're thinking, wow, you know, all this is over. Thank goodness, you know, I'll be able to play again. <laughs> but no, oh gosh. 
Um, I, you know, rehab, I've probably rehabbed like three or four times now from surgeries and then I get back to hitting and my wrist is still killing me. And after practicing for 30 minutes, it would swell up to the point where I couldn't move it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going on. And uh, I get another MRI and um, I think another, some sort of scan and um, the plate in my arm is like, severely pressing against all the area other areas of my arm and is rubbing against all the tendons and swelling everything and uh so I have to get the plate removed and that's where I'm at right now I got the plate removed in uh February and I've been it's been such a long oh no sorry in uh end of March I got it removed and uh yeah it's just been a, a long road of, of rehab after that and yeah but yeah, I'm glad it's over now. <laughs> yeah. What for you is more frustrating? Is it that they kept screwing it up or is it just, I, I can only imagine how difficult the constant starting, you know, stopping, restarting that rehab process, you know, what was more difficult for you to cope with? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that actually, because both of those are, you know, not really fun, but uh I don't know. I think, you know, I was definitely frustrated in the beginning that no one could figure it out because I everyone was telling me like, or, you know, it was pretty much just one doctor told me that nothing was wrong with my wrist. And like, you know, I just had to keep going and I was going to be fine. But then, uh, yeah, I think the stopping and starting really, really took a toll as well because, you know, each time I'd, you know, go through a tough surgery, I'd feel like I'd be able to play and I feel like, you know, it was going to be worth it this time and I was going to be fine and then I wasn't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one's worth. I think the stopping and starting. What did you find to be the hardest part of coming back and training again? Because I presume you've been practicing for a little while now. Um, obviously, last time I saw you, you were hitting with some of the green dot and orange dot balls. So what's kind of been the hardest part of coming back again? Yeah, um, I think that that was a tough part, like going through the progressions and you know, starting kind of from scratch, I started with like a baby racket. And uh, I think it was, you know, May, probably maybe May, end of May, I started with like a baby racket. And yeah, like you said, like an orange top ball or something. Um, And that was tough. That was just, you know, because each day, it feels kind of different. It's up and down. And you know, you don't really know what you're going to feel. And some days it's more sore than others. And you have to pull back. And then other days, you know, you feel great, but you don't want to push it, you know, too much to the point where it's been sore the next day. So I think, you know, yeah. going through those progressions were, were probably the hardest part. Um, what is your what is your rehab look like? Like, give us, take us through a day in the life of CeCe Bellis right now. Right now. So my rehab is definitely lessened right now since I'm, I'm pretty much practicing full time. Um, and I basically do, I have to get there an hour before practice to do like a warm up and a lot of soft tissue and I do like heat and laser and um like mobility and stuff like that with it and then mm-hmm. I end up practicing and then it's, uh, I usually practice twice and at the end of the day I do probably about 45 minutes of rehab um you know different strengthening exercises and you know endurance exercises for my wrist and my elbow also and mm-hmm. uh then I I sit okay I'm curious, but you know, after you. each surgery, it was it was definitely a lot more. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Please, again, they, uh, no one came here to listen to Alex Gruskin talk. They want to hear Cece Ballas and Vicky I feel like Duvall. I just said like so yeah. much too. No, it was, <laughs> You're fine. I'm definitely yeah, was, talking for like two hours. <laughs> no, it, it, it was great. Out.
Yeah, exactly. But my question for both of you, because I think you're both uh, have a very good perspective on what it's like the starting and stopping to have to constantly renew your rehab. Uh, I guess for both of you guys, when you're going through that process, how hard is it to struggle of, you know, oh man, like nine months ago, I get to that ball and smack it for a winner easily, you know, like 12 months ago, I'm sur- it's a serve plus one and I'm winning this match two and two. How frustrating is it where like to keep, you know, that to have that in the back of your mind as you're going through what I can only imagine is a slow and steady rehab process? Uh, I don't know about you, Vicky, but uh, I think the, the hardest part for me was, you know, seeing everyone practicing and, and playing and being totally fine. And then even, yeah. you know, hearing them say, Sometimes that they would, you know, rather be resting or, or yeah. rather not be practicing. And then, you know, that's when the only thing we would want to be doing. But we yeah. couldn't at the time. That was really, that was really tough for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you there because we obviously everything that's happened to us has been so far out of our control. And it's it's a, it's a mental battle to really try to um, dig in day in and day out. And obviously tennis is only getting harder. You know, the depths in tennis are much greater now than they were um, even when I first stopped in 2014. So um, having to adjust to the way that tennis is evolving and the way that we have to train to keep up and all that stuff, I mean, it's definitely... It's definitely been tough. Um, I guess my question for you would be like, what are some of the things that you kind of focus on or tell yourself to stay motivated day in and day out? Like I know, you know, it's tough psychologically sometimes to find that motivation. Like what do you what do you rely on to keep you going? Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely tough um, day in and day out, especially on the days, um, which I'm sure you felt that are, you know, harder or, you know, you're worse that day or more sore. And then you come back and, you know, you have to take it down a notch. Um, those days are definitely the hardest. And I think, you know, you just have to look at the bigger picture and see that, uh, you know, it's, it won't last forever. And you'll be able to, you know, hopefully get back at some point. And at, at some point in, in this stage for me, I didn't know if I was going to be able to, um, even get back so just the thought of being able to play tennis again really was motivating for me and and just you know kind of pushed me through to even um just be able to play tennis again even hit any balls ever again so that was that was a big part for me just staying motivated to you know have a chance of doing that and I I think both of you if I may say have certainly have your best tennis still ahead of you but again as you're going through that rehab process is it setting goals is it you know is the big thing because there's the there's the physical aspect of course but then the mental aspect as well of just regaining your confidence how when you're not playing matches do you go about gaining confidence again on the court um I think a lot of a lot of confidence will come from you know your practice and uh, like you said setting goals and setting goals in practice and also you know, setting goals in the gym. I've I've tried to, you know, get a lot stronger, a lot faster during this time too. And I think, yeah, just setting setting good goals in practice and drills and making sure that you're, you know, 100% for when tournaments come around again. 
how many hours are you um, spending on the court right now? Like, how long are your practices right now? Right now, I'm doing every other day, uh, twice a day. So mm-hmm. I play, um, you know, Monday, I do twice a day, Tuesday, once a day, Wednesday, twice a day, Thursday, once a day, Friday, obviously, and so on. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday off. And on the twice a days, I do uh, two hours in the morning and an hour and a half in the afternoon. And on the once a days, I do like two and a half hours in the morning. I'm still kind of easing in because I've had, you know, obviously a couple of setbacks in this time that I've been coming back. And, you know, you can't just come back to 100 percent. It's, you know, obviously it's, um, in one day, you know, you got to gradually build up. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I know for both of you, sorry, exploring things just outside of the court during this time as well. Um, you know, I know Vicky, you're taking classes. I believe you're taking classes as well, Cece. Is there joy in getting to find a little bit of life outside of uh, the court? Yeah, I think so. Vicky, we we both talked about this a lot. Um, you know, together, I think we we both found a lot of other things that uh, we've been able to do outside of tennis for sure. And I think it's kind of, I think, opened our eyes that you know, tennis definitely isn't our entire life, and. Uh, you know, we would be able to have a normal life without tennis. And, you know, we kind of couldn't see that before. Um, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, Vicky, but that's definitely what, what I felt for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously school is something that we do in our time off. A lot of people don't know this about UCs, but this girl can cook. <laughs> I've been I've been fortunate enough to have a brunch cooked by yours truly, and it was seriously the biggest feast of my life. It was fantastic. So my question is, give us your absolute favorite thing to cook, but you have to give one sweet, one savory. The people want to know. <laughs> It's funny you said that because why I had to move this call up was because tonight we're having a, a cook-off between... Oh, my gosh. Between um, one of my friends and uh, my mom and I, and we're having, like, 15 people over. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it's Italian night tonight. Oh, my God. What are you making? So so everyone got assigned. My mom, my friend, and I got assigned. All of us got assigned a main course. And then one of them got assigned an appetizer, and the other one got assigned a salad, and I got assigned a dessert. Um, Vicky knows she likes she likes my desserts. I think. <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh, so I'm doing I'm doing lasagna and strawberry shortcake. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm like, can I'm... we go? Can we come over? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe when we release this podcast, we'll have to release a photo, if you're willing, of the meal. Yeah, because I know our listeners 100%. will want to see it. Oh, mandatory. She makes the meanest cinnamon rolls you have ever seen in your life. <laughs> I swear, every time Vicky comes over, she's like, she's like, do you have any cinnamon rolls? I'm like, yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> those churros you sent me two days ago, I mean, seriously. Did you make those or no? Yeah, I made homemade churros. Yeah, that was the first oh. time I made this. Unbelievable. Just shuts the kitchen down every time she's in there. 
I know where I'm coming. So I'm coming down to Orlando for the cook-off is what this sounds like. We'll do the crack Rackets cook-off. A charity fund. We'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> West off, you heard that. Put it in the queue. Um, but my my, I, my question is, and Vicky brings this up with cooking, um, for both of you guys, uh, even beyond preparing yourself for a life after tennis, there is the creative freedom of, because when you're training for tennis, it's, you know, six hours a day of either on-court or off-court work dedicated to tennis. But you know, similar to the lines of cooking, what other passions have you, you know, discovered at, through your time off of the court? Um, yeah, well, definitely cooking is definitely a big one. Um, I'd really like doing school to, you know, it's, it's something to do outside of tennis, you know, when I come home at the end of the day and kind of relax and take my mind off of everything. It's been actually really nice for me to have that. And, uh, you know, during the times that I wasn't practicing and I was just doing fitness, that was a huge part of my day for sure. So, love doing that and um I've gotten to spend a lot of time with like friends that I haven't seen in a while that you know I wouldn't see when I'm traveling as much and just doing things outside of tennis like fun things that I you know wouldn't usually have time for yeah I I can imagine that's so fun and for you having you know for both of you you guys both found success at such an early age you know Vicky you're at you know 18 years old I think when you went out and won a match at the U.S. Open CC 15 year old wins San Diego wins a match at the U.S. Open um for both of you guys to have had that much success so early on in your career I don't, and you know, this isn't to say you won't have more success moving forward, but you know, how do you handle the come down of being so, you know, so quickly ingratiated on the tour, having all that success to now, you know, you're going to have to fight your way back through all of that rehab. How do how do you balance the two things? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely pretty tough. And, um, I mean, thank goodness they have protected rankings now too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that's definitely going to be really key for when I come back for sure. But, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, you know, a struggle coming back, but, you know, it was tough, you know, being traveling, you know, however many weeks each year and traveling around the world, playing, you know, tournaments week in and week out, and then just completely stopping and coming to a halt and like going on like a family vacation being like normal, just, yeah. you know, as of pretty much, you know, a week. and. uh you know, it was, it was crazy, but I think I've, I've handled it pretty well and, you know, just kind of tried to keep my mind off of, you know, being out most of the time. And I think I've done a pretty good job of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing I've been pretty impressed by you, Cease, is, is your ability to stay grounded so much. I mean, even at such a young age, like you would hear the commentators talk about the maturity you showed on the court and all this stuff. And I think... For me, also having um, not as much success as Cece, but, you know, quite a... Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, like, her, your wiki page is just absurd. But um, I, you know, having a little bit of success um, at a young age as well. Not a little bit. I mean, I had quite a bit of success at a young age. But I think that's kind of the biggest thing. I think we've been able to overcome some of these things with grace because of you know it might have been some of our upbringing as well but just our ability to stay grounded I think that's so crucial and so important like some players um who've had success at a really young age sometimes you see them change and um Um, oh for sure yeah yeah and we've just kind of stayed the same yeah (laughs) oh my gosh great minds think alike (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, Alex. You too. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying myself. This is this is great. Um, yeah, I mean, for both of you, I, how much does the support system come into play? I, it seems like both of you guys really have strong family, strong people to turn to in you know the moments when you need it the most. How crucial is that to having success? You know, as you go through the rehab process. Oh, I think I think that's the biggest part for sure. I mean, I think keeping like a, a small close group around you is so important and uh just making sure that, you know, they're there for the right reasons and you know, I think that's that's been one thing is, you know, I'm sure Vicky you've had this too, is like you see a lot of people's true colors when you're out for this long and uh yeah. the people that, you know, stick with you are the are the you know, the real friends and the real people that you should keep in your life and that's kinda what I've found is so keep a small close group around you that's helped me so much yeah yeah I mean I definitely agree I I learned a lot too in my in my recovery about um people who really truly care about you and will stick with you through thick and thin you know and um I'm just so grateful that Cece and I have had such a close relationship for so long because we can just kind of push each other and be that support system on top of our family and friends and um, you know, especially on tour, it's really tough. You can't necessarily be super close with everybody. I mean, everyone's friendly and whatever, but um, I agree. Like, you really have to pick and choose the people you want around you. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty good at that, filtering people that <laughs> we need to have in our lives. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely been through a lot of, a lot of yeah. people. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh. Look, I'm hoping after this podcast, I'm hoping uh, you'll keep me close. That's why I know don't turn on YouTube is what it's sounding like. I will keep that uh, in mind. Well, Cece, one thing we like to do when we have Vicky here, and it's stupid, but her and I both born 1995, both watched Fairly Odd Parents growing up. Therefore, it's God, too easy yeah, to do Wait, the Vicky, icky Vicky. Wait, Vicky, we were just watching that the other day. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's perfectly timed then because what we like to do every week, our Icky Vicky story of the week. And Vicky, I know this okay, week. when Vicky you... said that, that's exactly what I thought of. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this has any relation to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no, exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a fun way to get a good story out of Vicky. And I know this week your story involves Cece. Yes. yes. All right, so be- wait, real quick, before you go to Westoff, give me the Icky Vicky sound effect, please. E-I-C-K-Y, the sound of her name makes the little kids cry. Ah! Hey, Vicky, you're so, so icky. Just the thought of being around you makes me feel so sicky. Hey, Vicky, so I must confess, totally texted Cece before this episode because I wanted her to chime in on the story as well because our Icky Vicky story of the week is just total chaos. <laughs> um, so I don't, Cece, please pitch in at any point, but I I don't remember exactly where I was flying from. I think I was flying from Chicago to Orlando. And um, yeah, and so... That's like, that's like that. yeah. <laughs> and so I text... I texted you and I was like, first of all, I felt so bad because I was landing, I was supposed to land at 10.35 p.m., but it was American Airlines and I've never landed on time with American Airlines. And so my flight was Shout delayed. Out American Air. Shout out to American Airlines. This podcast is sponsored by American Airlines. 
Um, and so I, of course I landed like 20 minutes late and I felt so bad. I'm freaking out, texting her like, please, was it more? <laughs> I think it was more. Yeah, right? Like an hour though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm texting Cece, freaking out. I'm like, please, like, just give me your address. I'll sure, be there. Sure, midnight at that point. Yeah, it was literally almost midnight. So I get off the plane, and I'm texting Cece. I'm like, hey, I'm walking to baggage claim. She's like, perf. Like, I'm pulling up, whatever. And I'm like, please, God, make my bag be the first one out so we can just get it and go. And I get to the belt, and there are 10 flights on this one belt. And, like, the whole of United States of America was on this belt. belt. No, literally. It was insane. It was crazy, and it was like there, there was an announcer who said they're gonna go by, they're gonna release the bags by flight. So if your flight was like first on the um, board or whatever, first bags out, second. So I'm the fourth flight, and I'm like, Cece, I'm here till two a.m. <laughs> like, I, like, like I was literally already in the drive in the drive around too. <laughs> <laughs> I never even asked you this. Like, what were you thinking in the car? Because I was on the verge of tears, waiting for my bags. <laughs> I literally was like, I know she has like zero control over this. So it's like, <laughs> I wasn't like mad at all. I knew like, you know, obviously you couldn't make it fast or anything. <laughs> God, such an, such an icky day. It was just a really icky day. And we ended up getting home. We ended up getting home when it was like 1245, like almost 1 a.m. I mean, way past this girl's bedtime. So I got to bed at like 5 p.m. <laughs> That's the Icky Vicky story of the week brought to you by American Airlines. That's exactly what we were looking for this week. Uh, that's why we do this segment. Oh, and in I, the airport way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I tell you, so I've been to the Orlando airport twice, and in one of the instances, I left my phone in, like, the rental car shuttle to the to the airline. And it was devastating, too. And I can tell you because it was in my senior year. This is my Icky Alex story of the week. It was my senior year, and we like it was a good time in Orlando. We had just uh, – I don't want to give away a question for later, but it was a good time. And I was expecting a victory text of a sort. I'll keep it promiscuous because my mom listens to the pod. And I didn't have my phone. And it was dev- – I was like, no. Um and so it just made everything more difficult. But in the end, still a winner. But with that in mind, Vicky, so you can get off to your cooking, Vicky, you are Vicky Cece. With that in mind, sorry, we have one thing left to do. It's what we like to do with all of our guests, a little rapid fire segment uh, where, you oh know, Oh my not ter- goodness, okay, yeah. I'm nervous. No, so it's not rapid fire in terms of your answers. Take as long as you need. More like it's an excuse for me and Vicky to ask a lot of questions quickly at you. Got you. I'm, I'm ready whenever you guys. All right, let's do it then. West off again. I need a little rapid fire sound effect. All right. First question I want to go to. This is a debate amongst Vicky and I from earlier this week. You are a chef. You are the expert opinion here. <laughs> French toaster pancakes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I mean, it depends on the Sunday. Like, is it no, a no, 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 no. We need one or the other. <laughs> French toast. Yes! Oh. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say, Maggie. <laughs> Let's go! Oh, 
my gosh. You have no idea how happy that answer just made. <laughs> um, a French toast is just overrated challah. Like, it's not good. Wow. So, pancakes, so though. The yeah, that hurt a lot. That really, ouch. Um, oh, my God. A little, like, apple cinnamon French toast? Like, tell me, can it get much better than that? I don't think so. Oh, Cece's French toast are just unmatched, though. <laughs> just unmatched. Um, I can cook, too. What are you talking about? You like? I only know how to make fried plantains. Mm. I only know how to make fried plantains and like a curry chicken pretty well. Aww, come oh, come on. <laughs> She's so good, guys. She's so good. <laughs> Don't listen to her. Uh, okay, next question Universal or Disney? Okay, <laughs> I've only been <laughs> to Universal here and I've lived here like three years now. I've never been to Disney, which is so bad, but I went to Disneyland when I was like a kid in California. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Universal because I've only been there here. Okay. A little shit. And they have Disney. they have Halloween Horror Nights. I love uh, Disney Yeah. I feel like Universal is when you're, you know, eighteen and up, that's where you go. Disney's for families and kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, as a non-Orlandoan, that's my opinion. Um, all right, I was listening to the Tennis.com podcast you did uh, in preparation for this. You had planned a trip to the Bahamas. Had it has it happened yet? No, that's for that's for off season this year. Ooh, like December. Planning it. Um, yeah, maybe like November-ish. Vicky, like, we're going together, aren't we? Like, what is going on? Tell, Tell me why, why we've been planning a trip for three years and haven't gone. We've been planning for like three years, but we're, we're going this year. I'm dragging you with me. <laughs> why the Bahamas? Because that's like the closest, like, kind of vacation place, I feel like. And I've never been. I've wanted to go for so long. Yeah, we have to do the slide in Nassau. The slide off that hotel. Oh my god, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. We're like gonna run no. so I'm ready. As the surgeon from Ann Arbor, don't do that. Wait for the wrist to be healed. No sliding. We're banning sliding. Uh, sliding is <laughs> um, but, True. Yeah. All right, again, as a chef, your favorite meal is? My favorite meal to cook or to eat? Uh, I'll, I'll take, take either. Oh, um, I love food. I, I really couldn't tell you, like, my favorite thing to eat. Um, I'm just going to say my favorite thing to make is for Vicky, and it's the cinnamon rolls. Oh, <laughs> what an answer. <laughs> I like it. Uh, favorite city in the world? Oh, my goodness. Um, love New York. Um, I actually, like... I love Dubai when I've gone. That's been like super fun for me. Um, but I love, uh, I'm from San Francisco, like near San Francisco. So I love it there too. Fair answers. Uh, the tournament you look forward to playing again most. Ooh, well, you know what I'm so upset about is they got rid of the Stanford WTA tournament, which is literally five minutes from my house. And couldn't be more salty about that. But love <laughs> any wild Miami US Open. Like all the US ones are so fun. Um, I think I think I'd be most looking forward to those. Yeah. Plus, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals. There, that hurts. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you play doubles professionally with Vicky Duval? 
I was literally going to bring that up at some point in this podcast. We've been talking about it for so long, and I can't believe we haven't done it, but we're going to do it this time, for sure. <laughs> U.S. Open, we're coming for the trophy. It's over for that trophy. Ah, <laughs> uh, Look, hopefully, hopefully I'll be in the crowd. Oh, I look forward yes. to that, that moment. Yeah, I'll be the coach that comes down on the changeovers. Be like, guys, I, I can't believe we're here. Um, <laughs> that'll be a good time. Well, again, in in my research for this season, I know in 2017, you did a little tennis media dabbling yourself. You were the play-by-play color commentator at the 2017 USDA Tennis on Campus National Event. Oh, yes. Um, you did yes. the finals there. I'm curious, you know, what did you think of that experience? Oh, I loved it. I've I've done a couple, you know, commentating gigs, if you want to call it that. Um, and I've loved it. Yeah, I hope to, to do more in the future, for sure. If I told you I was a member of that 2017 U of M team, which member would you think I was? No way! Oh my god, that's <laughs> my favorite team! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously I was the Alex member of the team. You were the Alex! <laughs> back now i knew when vicky sent me your picture you look familiar <laughs> i was gonna say yeah i'm the uh yeah the alex from the team the really handsome one was what i was gonna go that with, was really that... my favorite team <laughs> well you were our favorite commentator one of uh one of one but or one of two actually you so blew data fun. No, the the best part for me was you look up during the changeovers and there's like lines of 100 people just waiting to get the autograph from you i was like damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no so, oh my god yeah it's deep could you see yourself <laughs> so doing flattering, kind of... Alex. <laughs> yeah no i'm done now all of hard-hitting questions uh how much does your wrist hurt no i'm just kidding um uh with that in mind i guess that's where we'll wrap up vicky cc both of you thank you so much for taking the time yeah, as always thank you um for cc good luck cooking tonight again i want to see that photo i expect oh my god, the guys, finest I'm like, lasagna wait. Yeah. yeah, please send that to us. Please, please, please. I would, we absolutely love it. I'm talking handmade whipped cream in the strawberry shortcakes. But on that note, yeah. I'm just finished making it, guys. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Cece, thank you so much, Vicky. Thank oh you my gosh, thank you guys always. for having me on. Yeah, of course. Take care. <laughs> Thanks.